Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, powered by our partners at Code Sports. On with me, Chizo, tonight to talk all things Supercoach, <laughs> just in case people forget. As you can hear him giggling in the background, it is Pistol. How are you, mate, and how was your week? Oh, I was doing... That good, f- hey? I mean, I felt like I was... <laughs> you had to compose yourself. I-, I felt like I was going to say good, and then it yep. just... The wave of all of the dockety news has just kind of hit me in the background right before I started yeah. to talk. And then I'm like, am I still good? I don't know if I am still good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm upset. Does that count? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, look, my week, well, I, Supercoach week wise, wasn't too bad. 2 1 3 3. Made some good trade decisions, I guess. Um, last week get and and then some good rookie fielding ones I think I, I won the rookie mm-hmm. roulette this week which was nice um, yep. and then you know hovered I didn't really change rank at 8k just kind of hovered um, but I then kept Doherty and I have suffered suffered like most of us but it's real bad for me because I've traded every week because of injuries and now I'm going to be down 10 trades which and and still have yet to make an upgrade, so I'm I'm in big trouble for long term. Yeah, like it's just gone from bad to worse. Getting Darcy Cameron last week, and yeah, it's uh, just not good. What an ache that was. That uh, it's just the season that just keeps giving is 2023. Just every week, it's got a new surprise around the corner. I'm waiting for the ones that are like not bags of turds lit on fire in our porch, and then someone playing Ding Dong Ditch. I'm waiting for like. Trick or treat, and they give us candy. <laughs> I, <it's> <laughs> I don't know where that was going. My brain is fried from how many trade like scenarios I've gone through to try and fix this team, and I've actually come to the conclusion. I've used a supercomputer. I've used Pistol's brain. We've decided it can't be fixed. <laughs> it's just done. Season over. Bye bye. Farewell. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning I, in. <laughs> I had a twenty seventy nine. Um, I didn't necessarily lose rookie roulette. Um, but I, I had Wilmot and Cowan fighting over one point between them. I had um, Mackenzie, Hollands, Baker, and Davey all scoring within like one hand pass of each other. And uh, I had, like, just like the rest of us, I had Fergus Green 70 on the bench um, yeah. over Chandler's 59. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I lost rookie roulette um, for, for 18 points, whatever it turns out being. Um, I've, I was thankful to have a decent captaincy score this week in English. I don't know why I went with a VC Laird again and not going with Dacos. I just need to learn that Laird is not trustworthy this this year, Pistol. He is not getting the VC for me on Thursday night. I don't care if he goes 180 to teach me a lesson. It's not happening. I need to see some improved form, Laird, before... 
you get on that bench and you think about what you've done, which is what he's been doing all season, Pistol, because every time I look at him to see if he's going to get a touch in the centre, he's on the bench. Please explain. No, I mean, he's got his usual rest points um, at about no, 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 13 no, no. minutes He's left. resting at important times of the game where I'm expecting CBAs from him. So, the, the are we doing captaincy don't tell first? you everything. So your captaincy, huh? are you doing English into Dacos then? Is this captaincy first at the beginning of the podcast? No, I'm not revealing that until captaincy at the end of the podcast. I think it's going to be English into Dacos based on what you... <laughs> it's going to be English say. into Dacos, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, did you want to take us through the minor amounts of housekeeping before we uh, yep. jump into the critical dockety decisions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, over at Patreon, we've got one sign-up this week. We've got Luke Kemmelfield, who has signed up. Thank you for joining, Luke. And we've got three new donations to the Cancer Council. Um, Dennis D says, Footscray are gods, and Dennis saw it live. Um, Thanks, Dennis. Awesome, awesome stuff, Dennis. Thank you. Uh, Spice has got two donations, uh, one for round three. Uh, a bunch... Oh, God, do I have to read this out word for word, Pistol? Yes. Uh, Dana, Dana her snagged 0.4 and at Tom G and at the Woody Pod guessed him. Woody Pod. Goey snagged three behinds and at Adam T guessed him. Ash Johnston, Tom Lynch, Charlie Kerno, Jeremy Cameron, Oscar Allen, Ed Langdon, Joel Amati all snagged three behinds too. Then we had a few goals scored by defenders such as Sam Doherty, uh, Jordan Dawson, Charlie Ballard and Hayden Young. And he also has donated for round four. Well, he I says, think the four big freeze, so big O. Say, the, the, the goal of last week was to pick someone who would kick uh, three behinds or more, of which a handful of people selected. And this week's challenge he said would be to pick people who had at least four freeze four and that was uh, the challenge and let's see how many people guessed correctly this week cheezo <laughs> i like how you just had to break that up yeah four freeze four big o which pistol guessed correctly i wonder much. why you you stepped in there on top of i was the uh, only Nathan person Murphy. to guess a player correctly this week so i just wanted to put it out there Okay. Uh, Nathan Murphy, John Noble, LDU, Charlie Kerno, Caleb Sarong, Alia Lear, Todd Marshall, uh, Pete Laddams, James Rowbottom, Jai Newcomb, and Defender Goals. We've got Darcy Wilmot, Wayne Miller, Jack Sinclair, Nick Blakey, Ollie Florent, and Mason Redman. Fantastic. Thank you for the donations, Spicer. And for the games. Uh, Pistol. It's good fun. It is good I'm fun. Enjoying game it, day. Yeah. Pistol, you've got an update for the last coach standing, which is uh, two weeks in, I now believe. It is two weeks in. We lost uh, 42 coaches this week. Safety score of uh, 2019, uh, I believe it was, uh, was enough to secure passage into the next round. So, yeah, 451 people left. We'll be uh, culling, hopefully, 42 of them uh, this week, and we'll uh, see what happens. Did you cull TP? No, he survives. Oh. Uh, he seems to get cold every week somehow, and he's always still in the, in the bracket. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's team, can can you comment off. on allegations that there's been some cheating this year? People have been trying to join the group after being kicked out, thinking you won't notice. No, we've, we've got the, uh, the Tristan Webster anti-cheat technology. Anti-cheat technology! Built in. No one is able to... Well, they can, but they'd be found out pretty quick and then removed again. <laughs> so please don't do that because it wastes my time. Um, it's just my wording of the sentence structure got picked up, which was fair enough. I did forget a comma, so it sounded like you could jump back in, but you can't. So please don't. All right. Pistol, we'll jump into some Supercoach relevant content. Um, people are thinking that's that 30 second fast forward button for about five minutes now. Uh, <laughs> we've got the biggest news is Sam Doherty is going to be out for a month to six weeks, uh, six weeks with a meniscal injury, meniscal tear that had to undergo surgery um, in the last couple of days. So he's going to be a definite trade this week. I, I'm going to put this out there, Pistol, that there is like a range of variants that we expect based on a, a set of data that we have. We've got 150 games of data with Sam Doherty, and I don't think there's many people out there that would have had the cojones to say that he would perform or score as he has so far this year and then ended up being injured. Like, th- this is this is by far one of the worst starting options I've ever had, and I don't necessarily think it's entirely predictable. I think this is this ends up being in the the unpredictability realm. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you cop it. I mean, 
I mean, last week copying it when you get Darcy Cameron, but he's scoring well, I'm like, well, at least he scored well and he made money. And then I feel a li- little bit better about it. <laughs> but Doherty scoring yeah. badly and losing money and then getting injured. It's like, oh, no, it just has gone from bad to worse. And I think there's probably a fair few people in like me where, I mean, straight off the bat, I think the obvious solution is if you have money in the bank and you can straight trade up you know, and you can get to a minimum Tom Stewart, you're feeling like, okay, well, you know, not the end of the world. But there's going to be people that's in a similar situation as myself where you just don't have the money in the bank and you're like, what do I do now? This does not feel like a two-trade, you know, solution, um, especially with trades already have been burnt by, you know, by the week. It's not not fun. Um, yeah, I'm already stressing about how I'm going to complete my team. As I said early in the pod, we're down to 26 trades and still have yet to make an upgrade. It's it's not pretty. It's not going to be a good end to the season, um, and that's not fun to look forward to. Yeah, and, and if we just go through the most popular trades at the moment, the most popular is Doherty to Dawson, Doherty to Stewart, Doherty to Dacos, Doherty to Luke Ryan, and Doherty to Jake Lloyd. There seems to be a lot of people that have enough cash to pretty much just straight yep. swap Doherty, and I'm not in that camp. So this <sighs> is a very, very painful situation for me, Pistol. Um, I guess the first thing I want to hear your thoughts, like obviously the if, if given the option, you're going to be trying to replace him with someone that should be a long-term term keeper you're not trying to be penny pinching this early in the season even though you are talking about like how am I going to finish my team you know yeah. like um, you, you going up to get say a Jordan Dawson you need um, what is it 60 or 70k or something like that well, maybe 90k 100k yeah 90k there, there you go so um, at your stage you've mentioned that you're already foreshadowing that you're going to run out of trades without being able to finish your team because of the carnage so far uh, is that causing you to orientate your trading so far uh, this round in a particular fashion or are you totally open to doing a double trade and just getting the best defender that you don't have? I think there's two ways There's two ways to go here. You're either penny pinching but to like a relative extreme, I think. So getting in somebody who, you know, you're banking at least 60K and they're going to be a keeper and that person would probably have been Will Day had he not been suspended for two weeks and that would have been an option that I'd look at because then I can use that money to fund my next upgrade and try and you know get some good value in my team while also improving my team and yes he may not have been top six but he would have been you know in that top eight to ten range probably Um, but now he's off the table so there's other options that you could jump onto, sort of the Rioli range. I mean, if you read the code article last week, you would have uh, seen Tom Barris's numbers without McGovern in the side, and he's come through with the goods again last week. Um, yeah, by far not a sexy pick at all, but it's hard to argue with the data. Um, you know what, Cheese? I'm just going to read out. I'm going to read out Tom Barris's ends of the last... I'm going to read out his last nine games because people are unaware and I was quite shocked when I went through it until I read the article last week. It's just way better than I thought and it just feels like such a unsexy pick that I can't imagine people will do it. But his numbers speak Sounds for Sounds like your number one suggestion, so I can't wait to, to hear about him being talked about first, so let's go. So, 149, 132, 109, 104, 126... 83, and then this season he's had a 103, 34, 110, 116. So he's had one absolute stinker that's rocked his price down. <laughs> rocked him to the core. Absolutely dropped him uh, to 480k. Um, but all those other numbers are, are fantastic. And McGovern's out with a TBD long-term hammy tendon issue. Um, so we don't know how long he's out for. So... I'm expecting good scores from Barris, but I'm I'm terrified of that pick because it's not the usual, you know, halfback. I'm going to be collecting the ball 30 times a game sort of selection. You get <laughs> someone who's getting like 18 touches a game and he's just tunning up and having like good scores most weeks for getting a lot of marks and spoils and contested possessions and stuff like that. Um, but I don't want to waste too much more time talking about, uh, I guess, the cheaper options like Lloyd. Like they're fine, but... At this stage of the season when you've got some of these real top five um, defenders that are cheaper, so Tom Stewart's already lost 
um, quite a bit of money. James Sicily is losing money fast because of that 76 is at 580k. Sinclair um, as well, he's in that similar price range. I think while we can get them, we probably should just take them at their somewhat discounted price. Um, I feel less convinced on paying up for somebody like Jordan Dawson. This this might be a hot take, Chizu, but he had a fantastic game and he looked unbelievable and he was hitting tight. He couldn't miss, you know. He's like ninety six percent disposal efficiency. I think incredible. Like he, he's such a truly amazing player, but. His games before that, 97, 110, 114. I feel like I'm talking from last year because Tom Stewart did the same thing and then he just exploded and Dawson could definitely do that again. But the fixtures are not quite there for Adelaide. You've got Carlton, which is relatively tough. Hawthorne, easy. Collingwood, Geelong, St Kilda, Bulldogs, Brisbane. It's, it's just not a super easy run. And I just don't feel comfortable paying you know, 60K more for Dawson over somebody like Tom Stewart, who really should average similar. And when the value options present, I think you just take it. And if I have to get Dawson, I'll get him, you know, in five weeks' time when that 173 falls out of his, his, you know, um, price cycle and he'll drop a bit in price. Uh, you You can't get those points. Like, you've already missed that 173. So... I would feel more comfortable trying to pick off the value picks, especially when I'm trying to finish my team and I'm unsure about how that's going to work, um, yep. than paying all the way up for Jordan Dawson. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't want to be the politician here and, and, and do double speak and, and, and try and put it back on you, but I definitely asked you like what your preference was out of the two. You said there was two ways and you've named Barris and Jordan Dawson. <laughs> no, so I said don't do I've, the I've got to say, way. I've got to say... Uh, you're flowing like a river. There's there's lefts and there's rights, and you're going to get to the end location. I'm sure of it. Um, look, I'm in a position where I can't simply go up and get um, one of the big guns. I can't afford Tom Stewart. I can't afford Sinclair, Ryan, Sicily, Sard, Dawson. None of these guys. So I'm faced with a position where is it worthwhile using two trades to go up to someone like Dawson? Go up to someone like Sard who. Um, if you look at his numbers last year, let's take Saad, for example. He averaged like 110 without Zach Williams last year, and he's averaging 115 to start the year. So um, it's interesting that he seems to be the beneficiary. The The thing for me is what I'm trying to get out of you is do you see enough value and enough options that are like-for-like replacements, say a Jake Lloyd who is really playing well to start the year, but he's not going back to that 115-plus Jake Lloyd that we once knew. Like, I think in best-case scenario, he goes 100 flat this year, like pretty much just averaging what he's currently averaging. Do you see enough value and enough options below Sam Doherty's price that someone like me can afford to prevent me having to do two trades? That's what I'm trying to, trying to dig down to because my instinct is telling me downgrade your worst rookie or your worst cash-generating option, which for me is Liam Jones, yeah. to get someone like Tom Stewart, who is a 600K defender that has dropped in price, has a relatively like um, low break-even over the next few weeks. He's going to go up in price over the course of the season, so you are getting him underpriced. Is it worth doing two, two trades to get an extra 50K to do that? Or is someone like a Jake Lloyd or a Mason Redman, a Liam Baker, um, these types, Daniel Rioli... Do they have enough upside in them to make a one trade worthwhile? Because I think that's going to be one of the key discussion points this week. I, I yeah, As I said, my instinct is telling me that I need to be going up because I don't like the look of, let's take Mason Redmond, for example. I think he's going to be great. I think he's taken too many points off Ridley to make Ridley viable this year. But they're going to chop and change. Ridley will have a good game. Redmond won't. Redmond will have a good game. Ridley won't. And it's probably going to average out to like 98 to 103 sort of range. And I'm not entirely sure that like it's necessarily value. I'm just picking a worse, like a better premium than what Doherty's been so far this year. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm just going to define value. Yeah, where and I'm going to use numbers for it because I think it might make it clear what I was Perfect. trying to say. And that's 
if you pick somebody like Redmond or Lloyd at the, around the 500k mark and they're averaging about 100 and I expect them to average probably around 100 for the rest of the year, maybe, maybe a bit less, but let's just say 100 for ease of numbers. That is really similar value to paying up 570 for Stewart if you're expecting Stewart to average, you know, 113, 114. That, in terms yeah. of points per dollar, you're paying pretty much the same amount. So the, the term value, it's they're the same value. Your pay, it, it value is not based on, I guess it is based on price, but that's one of the variables. It's based on the score, yeah. output, and the price. So value-wise, yeah. they're the same. So I would rather get the top six sort of bloke if I'm yeah. getting the same value. However, what I was, why I mentioned Will Day earlier is because he looks like he's going 100, but he's 450k. So yeah. you get that's that's a real value selection. That's better value, like another tier of value than these other guys, and that's where I probably would have gone if Will Day wasn't suspended, but he is. And yes, there's guys like Haynes that are available at 400k, who's you know averaging 96, but the issue is, I if I'm trading out Doherty, I want to get a keeper, and I'm not sure somebody like Haynes is going to be a keeper. So yeah. I'm, I'm ruling out the non-keepers for me, and I'm just looking at the keepers. Will Day was probably the cheapest value keeper, and then all these other guys are similar value. And if that's the case, I'm just going to get the best available, which would be Tom Stewart. Um, if you have yeah. have Tom Stewart, then you could probably look within that range, but you could probably get a Sinclair, even though he's going to drop another 50, 20K next week. Um, I just don't see players like Redmond going that much more than his average of 101. You know, he's... yeah. I, I don't think he'll average 101 for the year. I think he'll be just on the underside of that, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of how I was trying to answer the question. But, Chizo, it, it matters a lot about how you're freeing up that cash with your second trade because yeah. there's, I mean, as with everything, there's good trades and there's bad trades. Now, I'm going to talk very broadly here with a larger issue at hand and that's just about the rookies that are on the horizon and the rookies and kind of how I see the game moving in the next couple of rounds Um, and that would be that the rookies that are coming through I don't have a lot of faith in Um, I think they have iffy job security um, iffy scoring potential and I don't see any of them having long-term holds in the side i mean they have some have potential for it but it's risky there's no there's no guarantee there there's no like slam dunk rookie trading i think your your best case um rookie that's on the bubble this week is probably van ruyen just because he adds something a little bit different to that melbourne forward line and i i think he should play ahead of tom mcdonald if i was choosing a side that's kind of how i would be choosing it but if Tom McDonald's going to hit form and you know Gorn comes back in two weeks and Ben Brown has to play because he's been their, their best forward this year you know someone has to make way and it definitely might yeah. be Van Ruyen um, so there's even an asterisk on him um, my concern is we some people are trading out players like Jinby um, I think that's the one that I've seen the most uh, probably some are looking at Setterfield, some are looking at Hopper and trading out them and bringing in these like dicey rookies. And I just think, well, what happens if the ones on, you know, nothing comes through? Are you going to end up playing at your M8 spot? You're going to play, you know, Cam McKenzie or Alwyn Davey? Are you going to end up with a Fergus Green on your field because you've just, you know, culled these these playing good guys and you've, you're have you left... Hey, good this week? Good this week? <laughs> yeah, yes, you, you see Cowan at... D6. And these are the plays that like mm. really hurt your super coach score. I mean, at the end of the day, you want, you don't want those guys on field. Um, and I'm thinking that it's possible we just might need to settle a little bit, play it a little slower than other seasons because we currently have the best rookies in our side. That's why they played round one. They are at less of a sub risk than other rookies to be subbed to start as a sub or to end as the sub than any rookie that's coming in now because otherwise, you know, they would have played round one. Um, So we've got the good guys at the moment. So I'd be very hesitant in trading out these good rookies for poor rookies. Um, If I wanted to do that, I'd probably look to move bench rookies for bench rookies rather than field rookies for 
bench rookies. Yeah. Um, yep. And now I'm wrapping all that in a, a tight little bow because when you need that second trade to free up cash, I don't think I would be recommending trading out someone like Jinbi because he could, that 40 that he just scored can definitely come out of his um, price cycles, three game price cycle. Um, he just needs to play, you know, five, six more games and he's probably going to be over the 300K mark. Like he's still got cash to make. And I feel very, very similarly about Setterfield. I know his break even currently is sitting at 85 and he's just put out an 82 and an 87. But he was benched for like 10 minutes when the game was on the line this week. He had, I think it was three tackles that should have been holding the ball that weren't. Uh, like, mm. like quite clearly, and he this this was a hundred plus game gone begging. He looks much better than that eighty seven of this week, and yeah, he yeah, is somebody I think will crack the five hundred k mark. So, do I really want to get rid of him? I know he's got a tough draw up ahead: Melbourne, Collingwood, Geelong. Not not great at all, but he's still somebody who can score well. I think regardless of fixtures, just because of the tackle numbers and those contested ball numbers. So. Don't I want to hold him for you know five more weeks or something like that? I, I don't really feel like downgrading him to a rookie and upgrading Doherty. I feel like that's just going. I'm going to lose points over the next you know five weeks if I do that trade. So the only yeah. p- people I really feel comfortable in in culling is you know the non-playing rookies or somebody like Liam Jones whose break even's 35 and it's just becoming harder and harder to field him when he's scoring worse than a rookie, Chizo. That, that's, yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. option I'm kind of seeing um, as like a, a standing out to me. I, I want to be holding these people like Fergus Green because they're making money at the moment. I, I don't really want to be culling any of these guys early. So um, I'm not saying it's Liam Jones or Bust, but I'm sure there's other players I can't think of off the top of my head that are in that, that Liam Jones range. Um, yeah. But then my question to you becomes is who do you even trade him for? That's a brilliant, brilliant question. You, you've already ch- touched on JVR, which would obviously be um, the best in terms of like break-even and, and potential cash generation. But as you've mentioned, um, Gorn's just been updated to a one- or two-week proposition. Tom McDonald, I think he kicked five in the VF- VFL or something like that. Oh, he played, uh, ben Brown played this was week. Out. He was good. Yeah, yeah, um, and Ben Brown had that that back thing that's that's only going to improve with a, a bit of a rest. So like the the only other option that you've you've sort of got as a, a bargain basement price is like Tyler Brockman, who's literally just come off at twenty five, I think. So it's like yeah, it's subbed out. There, yeah. there, there's there, there's nothing nothing really on the horizon in terms of two game rookies that is really jumping out and screaming, hey trade me in and so I, I guess just to summarize your point you're you're sort of saying if you've got a rookie that's got really good job security not really a sub risk and is clearly a fieldable option like Jinbi, you wouldn't be moving them on just because they've got a 40 in their price cycle or mckenzie because they've got a 49 in their price cycle you'd be looking at getting at least someone who's on the bench out of there or someone like Liam Jones who's clearly a failed pick scoring less than Cowan and, and Wilmot who sit on the bench yeah. um, and, and do it that way. Because the, the, when you think about it, if you trade Jinby to an absolute spud, Cowan and Wilmot have to come onto the field until that position is, is upgraded and they get like they get culled. Um, whereas like even if Jinby's rested this week, I know Simpson said that he looked a little tired and it was sort of like flagging. Maybe he gets a week off, and you bring Wilmot on for one week and then Jinby comes back. Like you only had to have Wilmot on the field for one week, whereas he's like potentially on the field for the next six while you're waiting to fill other holes and upgrade around him. He's averaging seventy six with that forty, Jinby. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's Ashcroft's yep. averaging seventy eight. Yeah, and he's you know. No, I haven't heard anyone talk about trading him out. You know, it's just uh, people have short memories. I guess you just remember that mm-hmm. last week, and and that's true because it factors into the price cycle. But you can hold them for longer than that. Um, I think, yeah. as you said, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyler uh, Young, Brockman, Tyler Young, oh Young, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of two the, Tylers, two Tylers um, is probably the option there with with uh, Tarrant going down in the the VFL. Um, you've got Tyler Young, but it's not. Well, I don't think he's got 100k left in him. He's probably got 50k left in him, and then you're trading Jones to Young. It's it's not a super inspiring move 
um, no. that you've got there. I mean, maybe Sincotta will be named for Doherty, maybe. Um, but I'm still worried. They they had, you know, a bunch, half a dozen injuries. They've got, what is it, uh, Kennedy, Akers, Walsh all coming in as well. Um, yeah. There's no guarantees. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think Williams from Port played and he, he looked pretty good, but um, you still have Burton to come back in the side. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure how they're going to line up. He might be an option, but none of these guys I feel super comfortable in, uh, comfortable with. I think... Freeing up cash is really hard. It it might not be possible, Chizo. It might be a way in which you just have to do Duckety down uh, to somebody and and pick, you know, the best guy available, um, which is not. It's the circle of life. We've gone through fun. the rookies and we're back to deciding whether we should use one or two trades on Duckety. I love <laughs> it, mate. I lo- I love the journey that we've been on. You and I often say we go off the tracks. And uh, the, the, the train has been decoupled and then landed on a... It fell off. A- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cliff and landed on another train track set below. I absolutely love it. Um, I think that's that's been really, really insightful in, in terms of... Um, the, I think I'm seeing a lot of reactionary trades, particularly like even in Slack, let alone like on Twitter and stuff like that, where people are like, they want to get rid of the rookie who's got like a bit of an iffy score in their rolling average, but they are the highest price. So let's take an, an Ashcroft or a Jinmi. It's like, I can do the most with their money, therefore they're going. Whereas I think a really simple exercise... And I'm a pen and paper guy, Pistol. I'm not a, an Excel spreadsheets visually inside your mind. Like, you, you don't even have to click buttons. You can just do all the calculations in your head. Um, I, I'm a pen and paper, and I literally like to write, like, a couple weeks' time what my rookies are projected to have made. And then I'm looking at the the one guy, like Liam Jones, who's projected to make like go down in price. I'm like, okay, he's the clear standout for me. He's not in my team as a premium, he's there to generate cash. If he's the guy that's making the least amount of cash out of everyone, Fergus Green's making more than him, Davey's making more than him, Cowan's making more than him, then he's the obvious one for me to go. I don't necessarily really care so much about what his price is. Obviously, they need to be expensive enough to do something with, but that's just a little exercise that I do to try and time when I'm going to be getting rookies out because there's every opportunity that a lot of these rookies are going to be, unless they have a a spike price, they're going to be sort of topping out at a very similar time, like all these guys that have played since round one. So I think if you've got some idea of some projection about, okay, this guy's getting really close to his top, I'm going to get rid of him. Or like Cowan, for example, is is going to be peaking the same time as McKenzie, but he's scoring way less. So the the 10 grand you'll make with Cowan versus the 30 grand you make with McKenzie means that Cowan's the one that you get rid of. I think it's a really simple exercise just to go through your rookies and say, which are not serving their purpose in my team and then go through that way rather than saying, okay, I want to do this. I want this player. Who is the rookie that I need to get out? Oh, I can only do it with this one expensive guy like Jinbi. I'm going to trade him. I think that's the wrong way to go around it. You're, you're retrofitting the, the rookie into the situation rather than seeing what's best for your team and then seeing what you can do with the available cash from there, if that makes sense. So we'll add... Something that will be, I guess, a little hard to hear for those that are not ranking super well. And that's... Okay, me. That, that's a direct shot, but <laughs> you know, we'll move past that. It's not going to be super fun in the next couple of weeks without good rookies because not Wait, have... So you've been having fun up until this point? Well, I mean, I'm not, not having fun at 8K. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, here we go. It's not, oh, it's not like I'm, I'm hating life opening Supercoach, you know. It's, it's fine. Um... I think if I was ranked, you know, 30K at this stage of the season and I saw that there's no real rookies on the horizon, it, it sucks because you can't, you can't just be trading in rookies like, let's say, Josh Sin and just saying, okay, well, he'll play in the future, so I'll take out my 120K here and I'll get an upgrade on the field because 
he might not play. And I guess that's a risk that you could be willing to take. But I think what I would do is try and come home hard rather than try and burn through the trades right now. And that it's really hard to play that way because it is upsetting seeing your rank stay high and consist, consistently staying high for the next couple of weeks. But I subscribe to letting other people make mistakes and you I guess trading better and if people are going to be swapping around all their rookies right now um, you know we people will bring in Samson Ryan and he might be fine because he's got the job security even though it's no guarantee that to score well um, but if you let people take those risks when you don't need to they could be gone from one rookie to what they could use three trades on one rookie and I know there's a lot of teams in the top 1K right now that have at least three non-playing rookies. And they're going to be sideways trading these guys to other guys that have you know, poor security. Um, you know, if, if I didn't have Doherty, for example, I would have been sitting on my hands this week. There's, there's no yeah. way I would have been, been doing a trade. Um, I just would have let the team roll and, and see how we go. So if, if you are... Losing faith, which I totally understand. It's hard if you have had a poor start. Uh, it, I'm sorry because it's still not going to be easy for the next couple of weeks. But if you be very careful with your trades, I think where you're going to come home strong, it's the buyers onwards. That's the time to strike. Um, the buyers this year are going to be extra hard now that people are burning trades left, right and centre with the sideways trading, with the injuries trades. I mean, I'm going to be down, as I said, 10 trades and... The buys where I already I had planned to boost in that final buy week, and you know sideways trade some players to get through the round fifteen buy. I'm not going to be able to do that anymore because I just don't have the trades for it. So that's where you strike. You know you make sure you've got the best um, buy plan possible, and that's that's the time to you know make up the ground on everybody as well. And uh, it's not. I mean, Chiso, you enjoy a good Chiso chase down, but you got to yeah, be patient. Yeah, it's patented for a reason. You got to be patient. It's that's it's it's the timing is everything in that. Um, and waiting for the right rookies and waiting for the right players. We have an extra round this year, which I know sounds a bit lame, but the season is longer, and you you know it's you've got that extra round to to jump up a lot the rankings towards the end of the year. Because yeah. as far as I can tell, people are not really taking that into consideration at all. Um, so Chizo, one of the moves I'm eyeing off this week is somebody that has no Liam Jones and no rookies that is that are available. Ooh, uh, this to is going to be spicy. I have I brought in JVR last week because I was one k short of doing um, to get English and Phillips for Cameron and whoever else I traded out. Um, I think Liam I was Jones two k <laughs> short. I, was, I did the exact same move. Yeah, you know, I had Liam Jones. I traded out and Darcy Cameron, and I was one k short of. Of Phillips, um, so I brought in JVR, and I don't have a downgrade option at all this week. I'm looking, and this might be a bit of a surprise. I'm looking at trading out Rory Laird, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a bit controversial um, because he. I don't think he's looked bad, but I don't think he's looked good either. Um, the way I see it at the moment is he is likely to still finish in those top eight midfielders. Um, I don't think he is a trade out. Um, I'm desperate situation where I need to find 20K. And there's a player that I think looks good that I want to get that I don't own um, that helps me in the buys. So I'm looking looking at Took Miller with that round 13 buy that will save me a trade in round 15, I'm sure, just because it eases all the buys. So I'll score more through that. But... The thing with Laird specifically is that it's a faster game style that I'm seeing from Crows. I mean, you you add Rochelle into the midfield and suddenly you've got this spark. You've got this energy. Um, I mean, Rankin has added a lot as well. Their midfield mix, I mean, they've, the, the slow boys, Barry and Schoenberg, have not been getting bulk midfield time like they, that they did last year um, towards no. the end of the year. I mean, Laird's still getting the, the same. His role is fine. Um, but when you're injecting that sort of pace through the midfield, you're kind of you're, you're matching how the other AFL teams are playing, where you get the ball forward at all costs, and led tackle numbers are down. And I am still unsure. It's only four game sample size. I'm just unsure 
if that is variance or if that's going to continue based on game style. I don't know the answer. I just have a gut feeling that instead of, you know, I'm picking Rory Laird at the beginning of the season thinking he might go, you know, 125 plus, And I'm looking at him now and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's going 110 plus. I can't guarantee he's going to go 115 plus. And this is an opportunity where I can bring in somebody who I'm quite sure is going to go 115 plus um, and help me through the buyers as well. So the downside feels a little bit low. I need to use a trade anyway so I can bring in somebody like Tom Stewart. Um, that's where I'm looking at. doesn't mean I'm locked into that at all. Pending teams, who knows what will happen. Um, might get a rookie. Um, but it's just something I'm playing around with. But by no means am I looking to do like lead to Oliver or anything like that. That would just cost more money. Um, and I still believe in lead. So, yeah, that's kind of what where my thoughts are going, Chizo. So is it a situation where you're expecting Laird to drop out of the top eight or are you going to pick him up for cheaper as the year goes on? I'll just reassess where he's going to go throughout the year. I mean, <laughs> look, he... He's still the fence sitter. Gotta love him. No, I'll, I'll reassess as he goes. I mean, as I mentioned before, the draw for Adelaide's not ideal coming up. Um, Carlton, yep. Hawthorne, Collingwood, Geelong, Saints, Bulldogs, Brisbane. I mean, it's it's really not ideal. Um after the buy, it opens up a little bit more. But, yeah, I want to see more from – I just really – I haven't been in love with what I've seen. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, all the, all the, most teams are playing faster-paced football, and it is impacting the midfields as a whole. Like if we yeah. look, if I open how my many tab, midfielders are averaging like 110 plus? It's like well, not many. Bugger all, and it's like players that were relevant six years ago or aren't actually relevant. Like, it's <laughs> weird. It's proper weird. I'm telling you. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason is, you know, I'm, I'm looking players averaging over 111. There's seven midfielders. Like we've had we've had times where there's been like 12 over 110 or over the same same period. There's just and the, and the ones that are there are LDU, Oliver, Tom Liberatore, Scott Pendlebury, Took Miller, Josh Kelly, Patrick Cripps. They're the ones going over 111. Um, yeah. And then if I were to include the next lot, of, the next lot you've got Dugowie, Mason Wood, Tim Kelly, Tom Green, Trelaw. <laughs> I mean, it's a big drop off. Uh, I, I think I think uh, you'll see Laird push into that, you know, bracket at the very least that secondary bracket at the best the yeah. top bracket, um, but. He's just a lot of money at the moment, whereas, yeah, I'm, 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 I am stressing a little bit about finishing the team. So, looking at that, there are there are some players like uh, Warner, who's like 500k. I mean, if you're into Mason Wood, I'm not going to try sell him to you, but the the numbers are there. He's looking like a Brownlow medalist at the moment at 480k. <laughs> the numbers support it. It's just that's that's way too risky. The for numbers me. the numbers support him being a Brownlow medalist. I mean, numbers support him. Can being I a get super a sound clip select, for that? The super coach selection. He's yeah, uh, yeah 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 yeah. He's looking like a you know one in five plus mid. You can still pick him up for <laughs> for 480k. I mean that's that's good value right there. So if you're picking value selections. He could be one, um, but yeah, what a weird year, Chizo! What a massively weird year! Like Brayshaw doing ninety four. Um, we got Titch doing one hundred one. That's a bit of an. In- you got Merritt doing one hundred one. Mills doing one hundred one. McRae doing one hundred two. Laird one hundred two. Parish one hundred three. Neil one hundred three. Petrarca one hundred four. These are low. Like this is this bad. Is, this is. I like I'm literally unable to compute so many premium 115 midfielders averaging a ton or less this year. It is bizarre. It is really bizarre. And then the like you mentioned before, is this variance or is this a a, a like a a competition wide whether every club is is trying to trying to move it faster. I think we see most games do um, you, you do see teams moving it fast, but surely it cannot 
be impacting mid, like the top tier midfielders by as much as twenty points per game from their average. They, they, they can't slingshot it past them to that extent for the entirety of the year, can you? That's not a thing, I, right? I think the way it will work is like teams will kind of figure it out and slow down, you know, halfway through the season, and we'll get that sort of shift where the big boys start coming through, but. I can't guarantee that. <laughs> All I can yeah. do is just look at what's what's in front of me. Um, my, yeah, my gut feel is there will be a shift, and we they can't keep up the fast pace throughout the whole year. But at the moment, it's complete madness. I mean, yeah, some of these, yeah. I mean, look, Ryan going 127 average, for example, is is beyond bonkers. Um, I just, I think that at some stage those midfielders are going to come good, um, but it doesn't feel great having invested in them at you know, 700k or so. Um, yeah. Very quickly though, Chizo, can I just make a... I'm going to keep talking a quick note on Oliver uh, yeah. for those that don't have him still. Oh, he, he's going to start playing halfback now? No, no, no probably not. Salem's not, Salem's not back, <laughs> is he? He's, on the, he's got the injury list on you. Pretty sure he's, you know, three to five weeks away. So we've got some time. Um, I just want to keep reminding people because I know it hurts every time he goes 120 plus when you don't own him. Um, but you just have to remember, if he's scoring 121, that's bad value for his price. Like, all he has, for him to be a, I guess if you're buying him at 700K, you need him to average, what is it, 127 or whatever it is. Um, you need him to maintain that. So every time he doesn't hit that average, that's a win because you've invested that in your team and. Assuming you've invested correctly, your players are hitting their price points. So overall, you're winning in terms of total points for your team over over Oliver. I think you just. I, I feel like I'm going to need to remind people every week because every week he's going to get 120, and people are like I need to get the guy getting 120. And it's true. At some point, we'll need to get the guy 120. That's going 120, but we don't have to pay 710k for him to get yeah. a 120 average. That's that's poor value. That would be a bad move. Um, well, it's it's very very close to one thirty on a on a point, um, yes. end of like of uh, fifty three hundred. Yeah, well, that's right. So at some stage as well, he will come down. And sure, if he's going if he's going one twenties, that's fine. That's a win. I, I'm taking that as a win. The problem is when he goes to one fifties. That's where it really hurts. Yep. <laughs> and yep. you know those fixtures are right there. And he definitely could go the one fifties. Could go the two hundreds, and that will sting a lot um you just kind of got to pray and hope i think at that price point unless you are genuinely expecting him to go 130 plus but it's really hard in this day and age for players to go 130 plus i i would be surprised if anyone goes 130 plus except for tim english this year because his scoring is just on another level on a different tier he's, he's not going to go 130 plus this year even pistol i think he will <laughs> no he's going to go 140 plus oof oof He's <laughs> he, his score, I swear, was even unders. This is what it's like when you when you don't own him. You're like he scores for nothing, and then when you own him, you're like unders. <laughs> um, he's just yeah, scoring's on an absolute other level at the moment. Yeah, um, which is fun to own. So I, yeah, if you if you don't own him, I'd be more worried because he's only priced at six forty eight. It's much more reasonable when you got a guy yeah. with a season low of one thirty four. Yeah, I, I tell you what's interesting. Like um, when we had the the moment before round three where people were trying to get like Zebul and Setterfield and these kind of guys in, um, Taranto was the sacrificial lamb for many people because he wasn't going to like price him out or which you know is is fairly true. But he's also the highest averaging like forward of like the the big boys that we were considering to start yeah. the year. So it's, it's just like <laughs> you've like you've used sound reasoning and logic about which of the the five forwards that a lot of us started with wasn't going to hurt us and you've picked the one that's averaging the most after four rounds like 2023 is weird man um yeah i think the the next thing we should probably jump into pistol after that that our little digression there is probably some of the dpp changes that we should expect uh after round five now we're not going to go through every name that could potentially be on the list like we we get messages on on facebook and twitter and stuff all the time it's like what about this obscure player 
for for draft it's like i don't know man yeah <laughs> um Sorry. but in terms of like our our um our classic teams the the one that's uh starting defense the one that's probably um most relevant to a lot of our teams is is wilmot he's been playing a lot on the wing he i, I think he is going to be getting a lot um, mid dpp um and you know last week i got rid of um my mid uh mid defensive swing because I only had to get through two weeks without an injury and not having to need that swing. And unfortunately, because I lost it, like I literally can't do Doherty to anything else. I have no flexibility. So so Wilmot getting this DPP is going to be super helpful because he's still in my defense. I can't do anything with him. Um, but no, it gives me the potential to start swinging some extra bits around. Um, so he, you, you mentioned he's pretty much locked. We don't really need to touch too much on him. What are your thoughts on Cam McKenzie for the Hawks? He's been he, like he he spent a lot of time in the preseason getting touches and CBAs and stuff like that, but not so much as the the, the year has progressed. Well, with Will Day copping the two weeks, I think you you would expect Warple and McKenzie to be the beneficiaries of that, yeah. and they should be getting yep. more CBAs this week. So they both become holds just to see yeah what they can do. Um, I think I think that might potentially ruin McKenzie's DPP, but we'll, I'm not sure how much midfield time he'll get. So we'll see. Plus, yeah. well, he's yeah, he's he gone fifty two. He's gone 52, 25, 17, and 7. So the decreasing as the rounds have gone off. If he gets a... Uh, so that's an average of 26% CBA. Uh, percent CBA. Yeah. So it, it would seem like he's in within the ballpark getting DPP. If he goes back and has another 50% CBAs because um, Will Day is out, who literally had 82 on the weekend, 82% highest in the, in the team, we might not actually get that DPP from him, so it's it's going to really come down to just watching and waiting this week. Yep, no, that's that's pretty much it. Who else? Who else have you got on your list? Uh, the obvious ones for me is going to be Sheasel and Zebel. Um, the like, I, I think um, they're the two obvious ones that a lot of us are going to have, and that's going to increase that flexibility that we have been talking about. It gives us the potential to trade. Um, uh, any one of our rookies out and then use those DPPs to, to, to get them. Um, another one uh, we've touched on, Day is probably going to get um, midfield status even with the suspension. I think four games is enough to yep. trigger the, the... Okay, yep, yep, perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, and Dawson, if he wasn't already, is Dawson just defender only? No, I think he's going to get... Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll get mid status as well, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, again, if he plays pure midfield like he has in the last two weeks. Yep, well, that's nothing majorly incoming relevant. I think they said Bailey Smith is likely to get forward status, um, You know, given he's averaging 80s maybe in the future. If he's role change, maybe he could be an option, but uh, there doesn't seem to be anyone massively on the cards unless some crazy things happen and you know, yeah. McRae plays fully forward and gets DPP. I don't know. We'll, nah, we'll have to wait and it. see. Maybe Petrarca, if he plays nah, fully forward, we'll have to wait nah. and see. Um, the interesting thing for, for Dawson, I know that we've uh, mentioned it before, is that he is what I thought Doherty would be, that he would, from week to week proposition, he'd either play defense or midfield. This is Dawson's CBA numbers for the year, ready? Round one, zero. Round two, three. Round three, 62. Round four, 57. So he's literally, and that's a 31% average for the year. So if he plays defense this week, he's not going to get it. If he plays midfield this week, he's going to get it. Yeah. So like he, he literally turns up to the game and goes, coach, am I playing midfield or defense? Whereas Doherty is just like, where do you want me in the first half of quarter one, coach? <laughs> um, and, and that's just absolutely killed him. So um, that's been the nice thing about Dawson as well, is that good at both roles. It's just whether, you know, which one he's playing on any given week. Um Pistol, do you have any other DPPs that are on the tip of your tongue that you can think of that might be relevant? I can't not, think of not anything personally. super relevant ones that I can think of. Yeah, no, me either. Um, I guess the next thing to talk about um, would be vice-captains and captaincy options. Pistol, we've already mentioned at the top of the show that um, the really obvious choices would be English on the Saturday night against Port Adelaide into a Dacos on the Sunday night against St Kilda. Do you think there's any chances that Dacos gets tagged um, by the Saints? Oh, yeah, there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. <laughs> okay, a chance out of 100%. 30? 30% chance, that's it. 
that's I mean that's that's a that's a good chance. <laughs> Only because Saints have the players that I think could do it, whereas most clubs yeah. I don't think have the players that can do it. Yeah, um, and I mean Windag has been doing quote unquote like little jobs in the midfield, but he hasn't been doing like a lockdown tag like we saw in could the be preseason Owens. like practice. You reckon that would kill your drafting? <laughs> it would kill my drafting. But yeah, I I mean, look, I'm leaning towards English into Dacos anyway is my captaincy. Um, I guess Tom Green against Hawthorne um, without Will Day. Yeah, it could be huge. Might be, could be huge. nice. Um, depending on weather, I guess if it's raining as well, it might be a really good one. Um, and McGuinness, if they actually use him as a tagger this year after demolishing Dacos in the preseason and then basically not playing as a tagger as the year has progressed. Yeah, I, I, I assume they'll tag Josh Kelly, but maybe they'll tag Tom Green. I'm not sure. Um, if it's raining, it might be good for Cornelio because then he won't need to hit a target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But look, if you have Oliver against Essendon, that's always going to be a... An absolute great option. He just, you could probably do, I think that's probably your best play is Oliver into English. Yeah. I was going to say that yeah, I have to look at the time zones of the games, but the, the game is literally both at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Every, oh, everything. It, it, it is too, one after the other. Yeah. Will the crowd even leave? I wouldn't. I just, just take just sit, just sit there. How are they going to catch you? They're not going to. They're going to come out and kick everyone out within ten minutes, are they? I don't know. Yeah. How do they you do that with the tickets? You just buy a ticket. It's a, a day pass. One ticket, and then just hide underneath your seat until the crowd starts <laughs> filling in. Hide underneath your seat. Yeah. Well, hopefully the weather holds up. But uh, oh wait, hold on. This is rain. bloody. This is this is gather round. Yeah. They're all at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much all. That's so you get a ticket on Thursday night. Take your cat, your sleeping bag, and you've got nine games worth of footy. Yeah, but then you got to eat except for the norwood over games you have to eat uh adelaide oval food which doesn't sound appealing um <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty much jv's so mad cheap. listening to this right now what about marshall with collingwood's no ruckman oh that's interesting but if you've already got dacos why would you not go marshall yeah, i mean it's true if you most people have dacos how good's dacos Amazing. Something 134. <laughs> it's incredible. That's stupid it's actually numbers. actually incredible. He's only um, in his second year. Nah, it's... It's averaging bro, 134. It's insane. It's like prime and he's, he's not even playing midfield time, man. Like, he's, he's playing barely any mid time. I don't know. He can, he can do it all. It's pretty crazy. I'm just thinking of, like, how many players have averaged 134 in history, and I'm looking at, like, a 20-year-old that's currently i mean four game sample size but it's been a bloody good four games yeah it's been huge oh you you could probably extend that if you count some of the back end of of last yeah, year as well true. when he was going nuts so too Jeepers. um so okay Dacos that, is that a good example works. of holding on to a rookie when you've got a special talented one and i think i mean jimby's not in the Dacos class but if he jimby mm. could could average 80 this year perhaps i don't yeah. know he, he, he had good scoring potential in pretty much every game he's played um. Yeah, just don't love trading him out when he looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks great. Oh. Actually, looks great. All right. Anyway, thanks, Jizo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to look up and see if um um how do I find tackles? I'm I'm trying to figure out if Jimmy's still leading the tackles for the year for his club. No, he was leading the AFL last round. Oh, he's in third place now. So the the leaders with thirty three, then Atkins with thirty two, and then he's next with thirty one tackles. Yeah, it's, that keeps your floor nice and high. He's literally leading the AFL up until this week. Yeah, Bugger. he's good. He's a really good player. I'm depressed, man. Like my team is so cooked. Like, can I catch a break? You know, like. This is like this is getting a little bit like public display of affection. Like I just want to give you a hug, pistol. I just want I just want you to reassure me that it's okay, that things will get better, and I won't just keep like I said at the top of the show. You were you were con- you were, that everything was just going sideways, and it's just starting to get to me. Like I, <laughs> we've spent a whole hour talking about this, and it's just like if there are super coach gods out there. For the love of you, can you please give us a break? 
the poor mortals that you've been bashing over the head with lightning bolts for the last four weeks, please. Yeah, there's no guarantees, Cheeto. As I, as I said, it might be a... I said I wanted reassurance! Hard, hard uh, difficult journey until the buyers at least. So yep. keep your chin up. Keep grinding, Get community. the chase down keep ready. Get grinding. Your, get your running shoes on. And uh, we'll see if you can you can chase everyone down during the buys. Patented Cheeso chase down. I'm known for it. Thanks for sitting down with this community. Thank you, you Pistol, as well, for all your advice and fence sitting as the podcast has gone on. We really hope you have enjoyed. You can find us on all the socials, Dr. Underscore SC. For the main page on Twitter, we've got Cheeso underscore DRSC, Pistol underscore DRSC, and JB underscore DRSC. Don't forget to check out the merch store if you do want to help us uh, help support us with things like that. Until the next episode, have a good week.